Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Hopefully everybody had a great new year. We're into a new decade. So in this episode, we're going to be... Oh man, we really missed an opportunity here. What? We should have done a Disney Decades this week. Oh man, I think we need to stop. <laughs> okay. It's a new decade, so we're going to be discussing our kind of crazy predictions, putting on our fortune teller caps here and discussing our predictions for what the next decade holds, what the 2020s are going to hold, the roaring so, 20s, if you will. Before we jump into Disney news, just a reminder that our Rise of Skywalker spoiler special is up. It's actually over on our Patreon page. The link will be in the episode description. It's available uh, to everyone. It's listed as public now through the end of this week, and then it will become uh, Patreon member exclusive. Um, so if you want to check it out, head over this week. Or if you'd like to while you're over there, become a, a patron of us so that you can get access to that. And the bonus episodes we do each month, um, that's all over there as well. So getting into uh, Disney news. So we were off last week for the New Year holiday. Um, so a couple pieces of news came in. So one is that The Mandalorian Season 2 is officially a go. Uh, John Favreau confirmed that on his Twitter, I believe, uh, and it's going to be fall of 2020. So we're going to have to wait. You know, who knows? Fall's a, a wide range, but we're going to have to probably wait at least another eight to ten months this until we get poppycock. more until we get more Baby Yoda. So. Poppycock. <laughs> yeah, you would you would have thought they they could have turned that around a little bit quicker, but they didn't want to do a rush job. I actually very much admire them for this, and it's not going to be a Game of Thrones situation where they wait a couple of years, make you wait, and then. That what they give you is just no. It's gonna junk. be good. It's gonna be more Baby Yoda. It's gonna be great. So, so that's good. Uh, an exciting piece of news with Disney Plus: uh, the Marvel show WandaVision, which was originally slated to come out in 2021, is now they announced is, has been pushed up and will be coming out uh, sometime in 2020. So that means we'll be getting uh, two Marvel shows on Disney Plus. So we'll be getting Falcon and Winter Soldier at some point here in early 2020 and then WandaVision will be coming out as well I kind of find it interesting that they push this one up uh, it must be further along in development maybe they felt confident enough and they wanted to, to fill that's basically Disney plus unheard of I mean usually projects get pushed back it's really interesting that they did move it up you're right yeah maybe and, it's they, and they along. had a lot of concept art and kind of uh, like a lot of information about this one out early about what it was going to be. So maybe it was just further along in development. I will say I do find it interesting because when they announced it at it was either Comic-Con or D23, they mentioned that this was going to be a direct tie into the Doctor Strange sequel. So whatever happens in this show is going to lead into the Multiverse of Madness. That's the doc name of the Doctor Strange sequel. But that's still not coming out until 2021. So... I wonder if it's still going to tie in if, or if it's okay. You know, if they thought, Oh, it can still tie in, but if it's, you know, a year before six months before the Dr. Strange movie, you know, maybe it still works. Cause I, it sounded like that they wanted this to be like a closer tie in. At least that's what it initially was. So the fact that it's coming out, you know, six months to a year before the Dr. Strange movie is a little bit interesting, but I think it's still exciting that we're going to get more, more Marvel this year on Disney plus. Because we're only getting two two movies um, this year. We're getting the the Black Widow movie and the Eternals movie. So they're kind of you know filling in that schedule with additional uh, Disney Plus. And I think it makes sense because they've announced uh, three more Disney Plus shows. So they can fill those in in 2021, 2022 uh, kind of as well. So it's not like they're going to have a hole in the schedule by moving this one up. 
Uh, the last thing, kind of an interesting rumor, this isn't like confirmed news or anything, but there was a lot of discussion right around the beginning of the year that Walt Disney World was going to be moving to a paid fast pass system. And there's kind of been like rumors. We've like talked about this before. Yeah, there's there's been some rumors about this in the past, and then I guess you know it kind of bubbled up again that this is the year it's going to happen, and a lot of people are saying that it's going to be tied into the the Genie app that they're releasing later this year. That's going to help you plan your day. That they'll be tying in fa- paid fast passes to this. Um, you, you know, I mean, Disneyland right now has. They have the paper fast pass and then they have the upgraded max pass system where you can then get your fast passes on your phone. And I believe I saw that Shanghai has some sort of paid fast pass system. Uh, so it's interesting. I mean, what it, people seem to be saying is anywhere from, you know, you're going to have to pay to get fast passes on the popular rides and you won't be able to get free fast passes anymore to they'll still give you, you know, three free fast passes on any of the rides but then if you want additional ones they're paid i'm sure that there's my thought is they're gonna parlay this into a uh, like a superior fast pass so there's going to be certain rides that you can't acquire fast passes for that you have to pay to get fast passes for yeah and i think that i would be very disappointed if, if that happened um you know i was kind of thinking about this and and the idea if they do something like the max pass system where you can pay, you know, an additional $15 a day. So in Disneyland, you pay $15 a day and then you get the added convenience of being able to book fast passes on your phone. So you can still get fast passes through paper and being able to pay the the upcharge doesn't prevent the people who don't want to pay. It really doesn't prevent them from getting fast passes. They just have to kind of do more legwork to get them because you have to run around. But it's not like it's limiting how many fast passes they could get. It's just they can't get them as quickly as in the app. I think if Disney goes in Walt Disney World and they allow you still to get three free fast passes, but it's only on, let's say, the B rides, and the only way for you to get the top tier attractions of Seven Dwarfs or you know, Millennium Falcon or, or Rise of Resistance, whatever those go to Fast Pass, that you have to then pay $15, $20 a day. I think that's just, I mean, you know, we talk about how they're always, you know, increasing ticket prices and when does it become too expensive. I think that's almost like where they start to get a step too far in, in terms of the money grab, just because then it prevents regular people who can't afford to pay that upcharge from having a chance to ride those rides because mm-hmm. having fast passes on a ride actually increases the wait times for everyone else because yeah. they have to get so many fast passes through. So if the only way you can get on seven dwarves is to pay an extra $20 a day, otherwise you have to wait two or three hours because you can't get a fast pass because there's no way for you to get a fast pass. Right. I think that's too far. So I think if they do it as a system of, the fast pass system currently stays the same. And then there's an added benefit of, okay, instead of booking three fast passes in a day, you can book five in a day at once. Or instead of having to, to you know, get up 90 days ahead of time, if you pay extra, you know, they guarantee you at least one top tier attraction at 45 days ahead of time. Something like that. Because there are tours that you can pay for that will guarantee you certain rides. So they kind of already have something like this. So if it's if it's more of like just an upcharge for a convenience factor of 
again, you know, not having to plan so early or you know, maybe maybe being guaranteed one top tier attraction or something like that within a day. I can kind of see that, kind of like the Disneyland model, but you have to make it that it's at least an even playing field for everyone. Because if you take certain rides off, it's only available for upcharge. I, I just think that's a step They're too just far. Making, they would just be making it way too difficult for families going. I mean, yeah, you're going and you enough. already have a ton of, you know, if you have kids, there's a, there's an added cost to that. There's extra people. There's all kinds of, you know, costs involved. And then, yeah, adding that extra tier is just going to be too much. And it's going to help push the regular person from being able to go out, go to Disney world or finding it to be just a little bit too much of an inconvenience and saying, you know what, we'll go somewhere else. We'll go to a local amusement park instead, or we'll go to a national park or whatever. Like we're going to do something different because this isn't worth my time or money. Right. And again, and there's ways, if you do want to pay more money, there are the VIP tours, there are special tours, you can, you know, they did this if you stayed at the club level for $50 a day, you could book extra fast passes. So I think instead of three, you got like six or nine fast passes in a day at a time. So something like that, you know, where, again, it's a convenience. If you want to pay the extra, it's fine. But you need to keep it that everybody else kind of has access to everything. So, so we'll see. Again, this is all kind of, you know, rumors and speculation at this point. We don't know what Disney's going to do. But based on everything, it seems like they may be doing something. And maybe they won't. Maybe they'll get pushed back on this and, and realize it's not a great idea. So, All right. So for our main topic, uh, again, like we said, you know, we just closed out a decade. So we thought it would be interesting to kind of make some predictions on what we think the next 10 years will kind of hold. And the great part about this is uh, chances are we probably won't be doing a podcast in 10 years. So there's no way to say if we're going to be right or wrong on this. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but 10 years is a long time to be podcasting. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, so it, it, maybe maybe we'll come back and we'll do a special 10-year recap. But uh, but we'll have to see. So yeah, so we'll, what, what the next decade holds for the Walt Disney Company here? First of all, Joe, the crystal ball is excessive. You didn't have to bring that out. <laughs> what? I mean, nobody can see me using this? So here's the thing. I, uh, I'm, I'm what they call a method actor. So I really had to... <laughs> I really had to get into the character here. I didn't have like a fortune teller outfit uh, handy, or I would have I would have pulled that out. So I needed to have the uh, the crystal ball here uh, to help me out with with my predictions. So, all right. So do you want to you want to go first with your first prediction? Or do you want me to, to to go first? You can go first. Okay. So looking at the next ten years, so there's some. I, I try to I try to think of stuff that like would make sense that wasn't like too out there but that also you know is maybe a little bit questionable uh, i didn't want to take like easy ones that like you know something that we know uh is already happening but my one prediction for the decade and this is probably like kind of my biggest prediction is that they will not add a fifth theme park in orlando and I, and I think that's kind of the bold prediction because I think a lot of people are expecting them and want them to build a fifth theme park in Orlando. They've been buying a lot of land down there. And so I think a lot of people are, are looking forward to that. But I, my prediction is this next decade, there's not going to be a fifth park in Orlando. And it's because I don't think they need one. Okay. So they have you know the four parks down there now. There's only like New Year's Day, Magic Kingdom hit capacity. You know, maybe it hit capacity one other day over Christmas. Other than that, none of those parks really hit capacity. It's not like they need to build a fifth theme park 
to disperse crowds or anything like that. They have enough that they could, you know, they're continuing to, to pour money into adding rides and attractions to the existing theme parks that I think it would be a waste of money to build a fifth park. Because if you look at how much Shanghai costs, that was what, four or five billion dollars? I forget what they said in the Imagineering story, but they originally, it was like twice as much as what they thought it was going to be. So if you figure that was Shanghai, if they built something in Orlando for five or six billion dollars, they could improve all the other parks and, you know, expand those parks. I mean, the Epcot expansion is a billion dollars in itself. So I think they could put the money towards the existing parks uh, and it would have just as big as impact and they don't need to build a fifth park. Okay, well, this ties in really well to my first prediction is that they are going to announce more massive expansions. So kind of just adding a little bit more, filling in some details to what you were saying. Uh, so just to recap their their land acquisitions in the past couple of years, December 18th, 2018, they announced buying 965 acres uh, called BK Ranch. And then a month or so later, they bought the Brown Estate, Brown Estate which was right next door, which is 1,500 acres plus. And then December 23rd, 2019, they announced buying 230 plus acres near their golf course. So over the past couple of years, they've actually acquired like 2,695 acres. That's quite a lot of land. And a lot of this land has been sort of claimed for water conservation or wetland mitigation. And I think that what they're probably going to end up doing with this land is I believe Florida has some sort of rule about you can't destroy like the wildlife or I, I can't remember exactly. We've talked ha- about they this have before. to maintain so much of the land for yeah like wetlands. Right. So my thought is they're going to because this was farmland they will probably use that and sort of return it to the wild and then that way near the parks they can start to develop that land and make it into future attractions. So um, my big expand what's their big expansion going to be? You ask. Well. I was gonna say I had I kind of think I could see Zootopia Damn. going into Animal Kingdom. No, okay. uh, no, I have a whole build up. You can't steal this from okay. me. So with the recent renovation of Hollywood Studio, Studios, plus getting runway uh, Mickey's Runaway Rail and France and Guardians of the Galaxy going in in Epcot, you and mean then, Ratatouille, not France. They already have well, France. Well, yeah, but the I meant the expansion to France. Okay. So yes, Ratatouille, but yeah, and then Magic Kingdom's getting Tron. They might need another attraction to get people back to Animal Kingdom since, you know, Pandora has been there for a while. It's a perfect integration. Enter Zootopia. That was my idea first. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. I think. So to your point, I mean, I think you're kind of with me then that it's going to be more expansions and money pouring into the existing parks than necessarily a, a whole new park. I thought about a whole new park, but I think that, yeah, I think it would be just a little bit too much for them. I think that that's, it's just a lot. It's a lot yeah. of, a yeah. lot so of Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think Zootopia uh, makes a lot of sense in Animal Kingdom. I also foresee looking into my crystal ball here that they'll regain the rights to marvel Marvel, the theme park rights i think within this decade that will happen that they'll get the theme park rights to marvel and again it will be some expansion to an existing park maybe hollywood studios i I can see that in hollywood yeah that that they'll have you know some sort of marvel land there so yeah I, i think i think a lot of that makes sense as far as like the expansion and and what's going in there i think those are the big properties we get um you know i don't necessarily think we get like a whole 
frozen land. I could see them doing something. It's again, this has kind of been long rumored, so it's kind of a, a more educated guess, but like a a Monsters Inc. Uh, Pixar land at Hollywood Studios. Hmm. That's kind of been always the rumor of once Galaxy's Edge gets done, that the other side of the park, which is now there's not really much over there, so kind of towards Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, that behind that there's going to be uh, some sort of Monsters Inc. attraction there. So mm-hmm. then kind of tie into Toy Story Land, then you start building out Star Wars, Pixar, you kind of have the movies then uh, as well. So, okay. so I could see Marvel could over see there. That. You know, cause they yeah, because if you I think, think about it, expansion. after Toy Story, Monsters, Inc. is probably their biggest Pixar franchise. And they already have a few Monsters, Inc. attractions. I mean, there's one at Disneyland. There's one at Tokyo Disneyland. Um, so th- there already is some, you know, some pretty good stuff. They could retheme. Um, well, that would be the interesting thing. I mean, they, they could retheme the Aerosmith uh, rock and roller coaster to Monsters, Inc. But, all right, I just thought that this just came to me. So the, Off the uh, dome. Yes, this was the... Did you touch your crystal ball? Yes, this was the spirits, um, you know, speaking to me and, and channeling the future to me. So if, if we say, okay, they're going to get the theme park rights back to Marvel, what is in one corner of Hollywood Studios already? You have the Tower of Terror, which they've converted in DCA to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. You have Rock and Roller Coaster, which they, at, at Disneyland Paris... They are in the process of converting their rocking roller coaster into an Avengers-themed roller coaster. So you already have two existing rides that they've rethemed, plus a whole bunch of land to add some additional rides. So there's your Marvel Land right there. They retheme the existing rides in that corner to Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers, add a couple more attractions, and then there you go. There's your Marvel Land. They have that already in the corner of the park, ready to go whenever they get those theme park rights back sometime this decade. Okay. It's going to happen. That's a lock. I feel really good about that one. I sounds good. Sounds good to me. Going, going along with these expansions, I also could see them adding an area to Epcot for the Pacific Island. Enter, uh, enter a Moana area the like if you've ever the pacific islanders are amazing um they're really friendly they're they have an amazing rich culture this would be an incredible experience to be integrated into epcot and it's going to be bolstered by the fact that they're going to make moana too ride the well, tide i don't think i mean that, moana that's two, a prediction ride the tide. yeah but uh i think that's a pretty safe prediction Okay, well, you want to hear what the movie's about? Okay, so you have... So not only are you saying you know what the title's going to be and they're going to make a movie, you have the entire plot down. I have the plot. So, okay, so give me a uh, plot synopsis. synopsis here. Sell right, me on ready? This. So Moana is really taking to her role as chief, moving her village from island to island when need be, and exploring the unknown when a horrible storm causes her and her people to crash land on an island after narrowly escaping with their lives. They set up a village on the resource-deficient island to wait out the storm, but it doesn't stop. To confirm her suspicions that something is gravely wrong, Maui shows up in hawk say, form. Maui's got to be in there. <laughs> yep. In hawk form to inform her that one of the gods is angry and causing the issue. People all over the world are stranded, much like her and her people. Moana and Maui set out on a perilous journey by air to solve the mystery and appease the god before her people starve to death. I'm going to say right now, that movie's billion dollars. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. If that was actually that movie- not a terrible pitch. I think if that movie comes out, somebody from Disney is listening to this podcast. I, I mean, 
That's not bad, about. is it? No, I, that's what I'm saying. That was like probably 20 minutes this morning. That's just what brainstorming. I'm saying. If, uh, if, if that movie comes out, somebody from Disney is listening. Kind of piggybacking on Moana. I think Moana, I could see them that being the next musical, the next Broadway musical they make. We've, we kind of talked about this before. You know, yes. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music for the movie. Uh, he has a well-documented history of making Broadway hits. <laughs> you know, Disney loves making Broadway musicals. They just did Frozen as their most recent one. I could very easily see them doing a Moana. It's already kind of suited yes. to that. It has some, you know, kind of fantastical elements with Maui and things. Mm-hmm. And I, I could really see that one being a really great Broadway musical. I, so would, I, I think that's I mean if, I think that's the next if one. The, yeah, when this is announced, we will be the first people to try to get tickets. I like how you go when this is announced. You're that confident in our predicting no, it, abilities when this gets is, announced. That's a great way to think. It is a perfect fit. I mean, it's a no-brainer because, okay, last night, Joe and I went to go see another Broadway show. We went to see, um, oh my goodness, Jesus Christ Superstar. And I learned after going to several of these shows that I do like going to see Broadway musicals, but I only like the newer ones, particularly ones by Lin-Manuel Miranda or Disney. So... <laughs> The cross section so here is incredible. So the two of them come together. Yeah, it's, it would just be absolute electricity. And I am absolutely sure that Miranda would develop the songs more, write some new stuff yeah, to make it even too. more musical. Well, that's what they did with Frozen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They, they, and it was amazing. Uh, yeah, they, they wrote new songs And they for really Frozen. filled in where they, some of the characters with Elsa and Anna and their backstories. And it really helped to develop some of the weak parts of the first Frozen movie. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like Aladdin... In the in the Broadway musical version of that, you know, the genie's this like huge character. He's a great musical number. Maui is almost kind of like the genie character in Moana. Yes. If you look at it, because he can change forms, you know, he can do different voices, different characters, which is kind of like what genie did. So you, in the musical version, you could have him kind of be that genie role, that that larger than life, you know, huge musical numbers. Um. You're welcome. Yeah, a lot of like, I mean, that would be a lot insane. of effects and, and you know, just like stagecraft and stuff. I think that would be really good. I could, I could really see that when they take the Aladdin blueprint, make it Moana, get Lin Manuel to write some new songs. I don't think Lin Manuel's probably very busy right now, but I could see. I think this will happen in the first half of the decade. I was just saying, I mean, we got a decade. We have some time. I yeah, I think it's happening very soon, and again, it's going to integrate well with the opening of the new, the new expansion in Epcot and the second movie. There you go. All right, kind of moving internationally with the theme parks, I think kind of two things. One, I think we're going to get Pandora in Shanghai. Okay. So because I I still find it very interesting that uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar, has not traveled or has not been announced uh, in any of the international parks yet. I think, you know, Shanghai is very important to Disney the Chinese market that that park has done very well. So especially with all these uh, Avatar sequels coming out this decade, I think we get uh, Pandora. The first international market is going to be in Shanghai. And then kind of with that, I think again, so where I said, we're not going to get a fifth theme park in Orlando because they can spend their money uh, elsewhere. I think we're either going to get, you know, maybe it's either going to be one or potentially both a second park in shanghai to make it more of a resort so a multi-park thing uh that and or a brand new theme park in india because oh. i think i think india 
is the next market. It's kind of like yeah, there are a lot of people. It's kind of China. I mean, yeah, if you if you look at China, uh, you know, twenty thirty years ago, uh, it's a a growing middle class, a huge population. uh, You know, starting to you know open up to you know Disney. I mean, they they didn't know what Disney was you know twenty or thirty years ago. I would be first in line. I don't know about you, but I would be first in line to try to get tickets for opening day of India, in, in India of the India Park. park. Yeah. I would love to, first of all, just go to India, but to go to a Disney resort, I think it would make it feel a little less daunting as a Westerner. So yeah, yeah. kind of like when we went to Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, having, having that was really it, nice. It was, yeah, that was that was a nice touch point for us. Yeah. So so whereas you know China has been a, a big international focus, I think you know India is kind of the next stepping stone of that. They have a that's so a, a billion people. Uh, again, the middle class is growing. I think that's a a huge market for Disney to get into. Okay, I like that prediction. Can I steal that? Can I pretend I said it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So. My next prediction is, and I I can't take credit for this. I actually just did a little a quick search and happened to find on BoardwalkTimes.net this this guy had this idea, uh, the guy who runs the site. But Disney buys another island. I definitely could see Disney buying another island because currently they own well, they just one island. One. They just they just signed a lease on an island. I think recently. Oh really? I thought I heard that. Well, I think that they want to buy one. They could get another. Well, it's like a either they buy the one they lease. It's or... like a hundred year lease. I think they got oh, a. Wow. I think they got a new one because with the rising uh, sea ties. The, tides. Yeah the the one um, the one island they have is like under threat of being underwater in the next like fifty fifty years or something like that. So oh, I think they got goodness. another one. But I could see them. Okay, so you think they're going to get a, another island? I think they're going to get another island. It makes island. sense. They're and getting they're they, adding cruise ships. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They already have four cruise ships. They're in in talks to in the very near future build three more so they are they're going to need more ports uh, more places to stop possibly more private islands because their island is going to be very crowded especially once uh, global warming melts those ice caps and and that island shrinks in size so i think that this is a pretty safe bet uh, another kind of off the cuff uh prediction that i have here is that Disney's going to buy DJI, the drone company. Oh, so that's, that's the drone maker mm-hmm. of of pretty. They're Ballin. pretty high class yeah. drones. It's like the Phantom drone. Right. I, I think, think formally, yeah, they they are. So there used to be the company that used to be kind of really the head honcho was Parrot, but I think DJI has now kind of surpassed them. I did a lot of research for Christmas because that's what my present to Joe was was a a drone, but. DJI and Parrot, both theirs were very expensive. I got one on Amazon that was a lot cheaper. Um, but that would be... Yeah, I don't want to wreck a $4,000 drone. Right, exactly. But now <laughs> that Joe's gotten better, like I think his next oh, step... I'm actually... Uh, I'm announcing uh, I'm going to be entering the Drone Racing League very shortly. <laughs> Angela doesn't believe in me, but I know the <laughs> listeners out there believe that I can do this. So uh, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start training uh, full-time, just wearing the VR goggles, uh, doing obstacle courses in the house. The cat uh, really loves this because I just chase him around everywhere. And so I, I really think I have a future in this. And, uh, you know, who knows? You know, hopefully uh, at some point this decade, we'll say I'm going to be a professional uh, a drone racer. Uh, so either that or once I quit my job and it, everything just goes terribly wrong. And 
I just have this podcast to fall back on. Either way, I have a lot of fallbacks. See, that's the thing. I got a lot of <laughs> options here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I think they're going to buy the company because, first of all, that th- they seem to lead the pack as this far as This is a very interesting prediction. Thank you. Because why, why do you think Disney would want to buy this company as opposed to just buying drones from them? Well, I think that Disney sometimes has a way of, first of all, just acquiring companies because they think they're cool, or at least backing companies because they think they're cool, like The Void. They backed The Void. Yeah. And the, I was actually, this original prediction was that they were going to buy The Void, but I think that they can continue to have a partnership and they don't need to purchase The Void. Yeah. And see, and, and, and with that, like The Void came up in their incubator and it, it uses their intellectual property. So that's what I think where... I mean, I think that, it's, again, it's a bold prediction. I mean, who knows who's going to be right or wrong? But I think it's interesting that I just don't see them buying a drone well, company because I don't see what they gain from it. Yes, they want to use drones in the parks, but they could just purchase these drones. They could purchase the drones, but they really want to have a hand in making sure the drones don't look like drones, don't sound like drones. They want them to look like spaceships. And they've done and that because so- they did that with the X-Wings for the Rise of the Resistance launch. They worked with, I believe, Boeing on that to make X-Wing. They were like the size of cars, those drones. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see them buying the company and saying, okay, here, here's some ideas that you guys are working on. That's cool. But we're really going to pour more into, you know, building these little flying machines for us. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's going to be pretty awesome. They're going to have like, you're going to be able to look up in the sky and see X-Wing battle, like battles and things like that. Um, and it's all going to be because of the amazing technology of DJI, D- See, DJI t- drones. I think that's the better prediction is that they'll start using drones in the theme parks well, to create more immersive lights. Because if I think you think that about that, it, that's a safe prediction. If you think about it, they really don't even need to buy a company. I mean, Imagineering can just build drones. Like anybody knows how to build drones. It's not like you need to own a drone company in order to build drones. And I'm really also trying to talk this down because Disney's going to need a lot of money to buy Netflix because that's going to happen <laughs> this decade. <laughs> I think all their money's going to be tied up in Netflix. I mean, so they bought Fox. So I think within the next 10 years, and I think this is a very so you safe think, prediction. you think that they're going to buy Netflix? I, I don't think they need to buy Netflix. Well, here's the thing. So, and I, this is what I was going to say. I think this is a safe prediction that there's going to be a lot of consolidation. Uh, sorry for the business term there, but there's going to be a lot of consolidation mm-hmm. in the streaming industry. Right. Because there are like 400 streaming services now, and there are no way that all of them but there can are be only profitable. Like three big ones. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's no way all of them can be profitable. The main ones out there right now, obviously, you have Netflix, Hulu, uh, you have Disney Plus. But then you have you have HBO starting HBO Max this year, NBC starting their own streaming service, CBS has their own streaming service. All of these companies all have their own streaming services. YouTube has one, and I think th- you're going to reach a point where you know people are going to they're not going to keep buying them all because it's going to be more expensive than if they would have just kept cable. And there's already been reports that you know Disney Plus is doing well and. 15% of the people that signed up for Disney Plus have said they've dropped another streaming service, something like that. And I think, you know, a, a large percentage of those have been dropping Netflix. Uh, and then Netflix at this point is just kind of throwing money at content and it doesn't, it's losing a lot of that strongly branded content. They just lost friends. Right. They're, they're, they've lost all the Marvel stuff or they're in the and process of losing it. And so it's going to be, I think, hard for them to compete. And 
once this consolidation happens, it's not like somebody's going to buy Disney. So I could see them buying Netflix when Netflix stops growing. And then you just have all of that content and, and even more subscribers. See, I could see Universal making a play for Netflix only because Universal wants to have the rights to Stranger Things. They are building Stranger Things land. Well, they, I know that this isn't Disney. They do. Universal does use Stranger Things for the past two years at their Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. So they, they do have a link in there. I think that's I a can decent, see people really being into I think that. that's a decent prediction. I think ultimately what I'm saying is somebody's going to buy Netflix. Yeah, somebody's going to... I gonna, think, I think it's going to be Universal because I really think that Universal and Disney are going to start battling it out, especially once Nintendo Land opens. Disney's going to have to step up their game because... Nintendo Land is going to be incredible. I mean, getting inside Mario Kart, Mario is a very well-proven franchise. People, it's very beloved. I think that it's going to be, it's going to draw some, I mean, it's going to draw a lot of people down and it's going to ultimately benefit both, but they do kind of have that tit for tat, you know, that little battle going. Disney's been winning a lot lately, but I think that Universal is going to make a little comeback. All right, I'll refine this just to help my prediction. So if they buy Netflix, I win. They're going to at least bid and try to buy Netflix. So that way, either way, because I think you're right. I, I could see them, I mean, the same way Comcast, uh, which who owns Universal, so it'd actually be Comcast trying to buy Netflix. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the same way they were trying to outbid each other for Fox, you know, Disney agreed to buy Fox and then Comcast came in and made Disney pay $20 billion more. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them fighting over Netflix. That's going to kind of be the next thing. So yeah. uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I still think. Disney will buy them. I'll I'll be bold and I'll say that. But yeah, at the very least, I definitely think there's going to be a bidding war for Netflix between Comcast and Disney. Okay. All right. Uh, I This one's just a very short-sighted prediction. Baby Yoda is going to say his first words. And <laughs> Baby Yoda's first words are going to be, not, a, not, not single words because he is more refined. His first words are going to be to uh, Mando, which I, we learned is his name now. What, uh, can you remember what his name was? It's like Dejaron. Dejaron was it's, it's something it's like, something it's, like yeah, that. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's Dejaron. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, his first words are going to be to Dejaron, and it's going to be "I love you" because no, no, nope, because no, it's going to be "You I love." <laughs> okay, <sighs> "You I love" because that would be adorable. And what is Baby Yoda if not adorable? <laughs> okay, I mean, Amer- I mean, it would just cement him as the in the position of America's sweetheart yes forever I will say now kind of I mean we talked about you know season two of the Mandalorian and uh, the news section they did say that it's not just going to be you know this like keep baby Yoda safe type thing like there's gonna be more of a story to it which is good because I was worried about this like how long can they keep uh, this yeah. up of people are after baby Yoda and he's Mando's fighting them off so they did mention that it's going to be like more of a story so hopefully they get away where it's like people aren't after him as much and then he's on some other mission you know for some other reason they they did kind of tease that maybe like job of the hut would be involved in this season hmm. um or or his you know his men so they're because i guess job is no no it's between three and four yeah so like job of the hut would would be involved they've also teased that some of the other original trilogy people will be in there so maybe all naren right comes in as uh han solo you know, type thing. They've talked about a, a Darth Maul show, so maybe there's some crossover between those. Maybe they introduce him, and, and then hmm. he gets his own show. So, yeah, so I think it will it'll be interesting. So I think they have a... They're going to be building out a universe with this. That's almost a prediction right there. They're going to be building out a Star Wars Disney Plus universe with with the Obi-Wan show, the Mandalorian show. Uh, you could have Boba Fett 
introduced in there. You could have Darth Maul. So all three of those could take place in the same timeline. So you could have crossover. Kind of like what they were trying to do with the um, Defenders, all the, the yeah. Marvel shows on, <laughs> ne- on Netflix. Yeah, it didn't, failed on it didn't work very well. I think they could do it uh, really well with Star Wars. So all right, I think I have one last prediction, and this is around the films. And I think that Disney slash Marvel will either uh, buy the rights back from Sony for Spider-Man or somehow get that. Maybe they buy Sony. Maybe, you know, maybe they just buy them back outright. But I think they will get Spider-Man back in-house fully from Sony. So they won't have okay. to be constantly doing this you know, arrangement of, oh, we're going to do – it's a two-movie deal. He can show up. We're going to do a main movie, and then he can show up in one other movie. I think they somehow get the full rights back from Sony. I think this is a good that, prediction. That they can have them. And then and then at that point, they have uh, all of the rights back, essentially, except the Hulk. But they can do everything with the Hulk except make him a star in his own movie, which they really don't need to do because he's utilized uh, terrifically throughout yeah. these other movies. So for all intents and purposes, they have the rights to the Hulk. So they just need to get Spider-Man back. Right. I think and that I, happens I don't think decade. the Hulk is as, is as beloved a character as Spider-Man is um, in the movies in particular. I, I mean, everyone loves Tom Holland. He's, he's very young. He can continue to play Spider-Man for quite some time. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. He's a real asset to Disney and Marvel, so they are going to get it back. That's a that's a good prediction. And uh, my last... Thank pre- you. Thank you for saying that was a good prediction. I, I said most of yours were good. Uh, my last... Well, you pre- have no, nobody has any idea. They could be good or bad. That's the beauty of this. We have no idea. And until 2030, you can't say I'm wrong. <laughs> True. And then my last prediction is the jungle cruise is going to be a smash hit which launches a six movie franchise six movie franchise i think that's excessive all right uh, well, listen bold. how many did pirates of the caribbean that's, get that's a bold pr- five okay well they're gonna get six all right this is a bold because pr- we know the rock is this is gonna immortal. turn into like mission impossible franchise whatever they just keep making movies i think they're up to six the or rock seven. will be 80 years old and still be just so snatched <laughs> snatched and tight that he will be still able to do what he does today and he'll still look the same because he looks about the same as he did 20 years ago he does. when he was wrestling yeah so it's so he, six movies for the jungle cruise you're gonna feel so bad if we go see it and it's a terrible movie and i'm gonna be like oh man i'm gonna have to sit through five more of I these mean, i mean uh, jumanji's not great and they've they're they're already in talks to make a third. They're not so. making six of those. All right, so six Jungle Cruise movies. You heard it here first. You can thank Angela for all those movies. Yep. All right, so I think that that kind of wraps it up. Hopefully, somebody at home wrote all of these down uh, to keep us honest. We'll write them down. I was gonna say they'll they'll kind of sort of be in the, the yeah, episode we'll, description. We will uh we'll, we'll write these down and track them. And again, at at uh, you know January one. 2030 we will have to come back and revisit all these predictions uh and see how well we did i have a feeling i have a feeling we're going to do pretty good in 10 years i think we have a good shot at doing well i think so so if everybody listening if you have some uh, bold predictions for the next decade you know please let us know um we'll kind of post this on on facebook so you can let us know in the the facebook comments uh on this uh you know you can Put it on there. If you want to uh, send it to us through our website, enchantedearspodcast.com uh, slash podcast question or, or contact us uh, e- either 
either way on there on the uh, the website. And again, our, our Facebook is uh, at Enchanted Ears Podcast. We're also at Enchanted Ears Podcast on Instagram. And as I mentioned, we have a Patreon. The link to that will be in the, the show notes. Uh, check us out there if you want to support support the show that way. Or uh, like I said, for the rest of this week, our Rise of Skywalker uh, spoiler specials up there for everybody to listen to. So if you want to check that out. Um, also, make sure you leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. All that helps. We really appreciate it. 2019 was a great year. I think 2020 will be uh, another great year. Looking forward to another year of the podcast. So Agreed. thanks and everybody thank for you. listening. Yeah, thank you for lending us your ears. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And we'll, uh, we'll see you here next week. Bye.